Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. God has burned this message into my spirit, and I, I said to the folks in the early service, since about Thursday, my lips have felt funny, and I was thinking maybe I had too much salt, or maybe it was, you know how cold it's been, or whatever, and But then, as I'm sitting here this morning, it feels like there's fire on my lips. And so I know what I'm bringing to you today, and it's all connected. That word that I just gave you, I know it's all connected. But when I was um, in my latter 20s, that's when the sort of trigger trip that I decided I would start using a bicycle for exercise. And so I bought my first adult bicycle uh, for myself, and it was about a $97 Walmart special. Any of you ever had one of those, you know, 10-speed bicycle back when just 10-speeds? When you had 10, you were were top of the line. And um, like I said, I paid about $97 for what, 27? That would have been a bargain. Uh, $97 for that bicycle and uh, had that bicycle for about 15 years. When we went uh, to take the lead position up in 44, I used it, rode right along the Susquehanna River, had a great trail there. And then when we, we moved, God took us over to Wellsville, Pennsylvania, um, just the other side of Harrisburg. For those of you that don't know where Wellsville is, and probably most of you don't know where Wellsville is. Anyway, uh, a small community the other side of Harrisburg and had that bicycle for probably, uh, we were there almost 11 years, so um, nine or so of those years that we were there, I had that bicycle and we were blessed in that church because um, a sister, uh, one of the, actually yeah, was a sister to our pianist, Uh, her husband had a side hustle. He repaired bicycles and had a bike shop. So it was great because he kept my cheap bicycle going for me for all of those years. Um, and, And I'd have to take it in, you know, frequently enough because I put a lot of miles on the bike and it just needed attention. And uh, I'd go in there, uh, and I'd look at, you know, he had some good bicycles there. I had my Walmart bicycle, but he had some good bicycles there. And I don't know, some of you have no idea, but you can spend a lot of money on a bicycle. If you haven't been shopping in the, I mean, you go to a bike shop, not to Walmart, and you, not Target either. They don't even have these bikes. Fact is, you can go to Dick's, and you just you can get the next you can get the next level over the Walmart, but go over here to Trek, and you'll see what I just look at some of those bicycles, and you'll be saying, "I could buy a used car for that." What are they talking about? Anyway, I would admire some of the bicycles that he had in there. 
he tried to convince me, Pastor, you need one of these bicycles, man. You put a lot of mice miles on that bike. You need one of these. And uh, young family had more bills than I had money. Was not a priority. Just keep my bike going, bud. That's what I need. And, uh, but one day I got a call from him, and he said, uh, Pastor, uh, I got something for you. I want to come over to the shop show you. So I, I went over to the shop and uh, he pulled out one of those bicycles that I had been admiring and he said uh, one of your congregants said that this was to be for you and they bought it for me and now this bicycle was it was awesome it was a, it was a, it was a $400 bicycle and uh, so it was, it was next level for me I was thrilled to have that that bicycle, used that bicycle for about, same thing, about 15 years. Had it when I came here. And so for the bulk of the time I was here, I had that bicycle and had to do the same thing because you put a lot of miles on a bicycle, you got to take care of it. And, but I knew there was another level. And uh, when I would take that bicycle to the shop to get it repaired and you're walking around there and you start seeing some of the things that I've already described to you. But three years ago, next month, I walked into the performance bike shop over, used to be by in the Target Plaza, Airport Road Plaza actually, and, uh, and I saw they were going out of business and I thought, man, I, wow, yeah. And I'm looking at really nice bicycles. And finally, it was, it was my birthday, which happens next month. And, and uh, found one and talked to the guy. And they're going out of business, so you can start doing some stuff with them. Right? So anyway, ultimately, I walked out of there with a $700 bicycle. I did not pay $700 for it, but that's what it was. And, and, and so... It's a nice bicycle, all right? So for those of you who are unrehearsed and don't know, it has disc brakes, front and rear disc brakes on a bicycle. Uh, and that matters to people who spend a lot of time on a bicycle because there are occasions I'm going 35 miles an hour downhill and there's a turn at the bottom and I don't want to be going 35 miles an hour on the turn. Um, and but those disc, disc brakes, they'll, they'll take care of business. They take care of business. Now, some of you, you're familiar with bikes enough to know that they have those little rubber, rubber casters you can pull in and they clamp on the side, but yeah, if it's a little bit dicey, like it's wet or misty out, you don't want to hear that sound. It, it's a next level bicycle that I have now. And you can go well beyond what I just said, said to you folks. You can go well beyond. You can, do you know you can spend $6,000 on a bicycle? $6,000. Made out of carbon. They weigh like four ounces. <laughs> the heaviest thing on it is the chain. You know, stuff like that. You can do that. Our brother, that's right. You've got some of those good bikes, don't you? I'm sorry. I shouldn't point him out. <laughs> sorry, bro. 
but he knows what I'm talking about. You, it's next level. And it, if, if I were a professional, I'd want one of those five, $6,000 bikes. If I were doing it to, as a business, that's what I'd need to be on. Because if I'm going to perform at the level the people are at that stage, then I need to be at that level. Have the right equipment. How many of y'all are ready to go to the next level with Jesus? You've spent 21 days in prayer and fasting. You should be poison ready to go to the next level right now. You should be ready to roll as God has prepared you. As I said a moment ago in that word that God gave us, God has positioned you strategically to accomplish something that only you can accomplish. But if you're going to really do it, you got to be at the next level, baptized full of the Holy Spirit, so that when God calls on you to make your move, stuff is going to change. I love preaching from the passage of Scripture we're going to be preaching from today. It's Acts chapter 4. It's one of the passages of Scripture that if I were to say it defines what I desire in ministry life, Acts chapter 4 is it. So here we go, Acts 4 verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But, <laughs> see God strategically placed them. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000. I was multiplying evangelist Nick. <clears throat> We're going to begin by looking at the aftermath. Look at the aftermath. This is the aftermath of Pentecost we're now looking at and being spirit-filled. This is what happens. Get spirit-filled, you get messed up. I remember when my grandmother, who, who she told me about my aunt, um, that, that when she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now you think about this for a moment. Any of you that have been through high school, think about this for a moment. When she got baptized in the Holy Spirit, she spoke in tongues for three days. She could not do anything but speak in tongues, and she went to school. <laughs> Talk about leaving an impression. The aftermath of Pentecost, it does something. The Holy Spirit outpouring changed things. And, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through these three chapters ahead of chapter 4 so you can catch where we're at. You'll get caught up and see why I'm calling it the aftermath. Acts chapter 1, that's the point where before Jesus ascends, he tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the baptism of Holy Spirit. So it's before he goes up into heaven, Jesus says, now, y'all go wait 
in Jerusalem. Something's going to happen. It's the promise of the Father. And it, 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 I will send him to you. But go wait. Nah, that's in Acts chapter 1. But then we go to Acts 2. And the Holy Spirit is poured out in dramatic fashion. And all the recipients are changed. Now I said this last week. But I want to remind you today. All of them were changed. Acts chapter 2. I'm not making this stuff up. How do I know all of them were changed? Because all 120, after the Holy Spirit was poured out. You, re you remember the story. We all focus on the tongues of fire on their heads and sound, wind, and all of that stuff. It was noised abroad. Uh, a, a crowd gathers outside. But they did not stay inside. Are you hearing me? All 120 left the upper room. There comes a point where what you get in the upper room takes you out of the upper room into the streets, and that's exactly what they did. Filled with the Holy Spirit, and all 120 became witnesses. The Word tells us in Acts chapter 2, again, not making it up, the Word tells us that all of them were heard speaking in a language that they had not previously known. There were people from all over the region that heard them, listen to me, heard them praising God in their regional language, not the language of of those Galileans and others gathered in the upper room. So 120 witnesses now. In Acts chapter 2, we all focus on what happened with Peter. And yes, he deserves some great credit because he stands up and preaches. I understand that. 3,000 people get saved. Awesome. But 120 were witnesses. Not just Peter. Nor just John. 120. What's that mean to you? You're part of the 120. You're strategically placed. You've been baptized with Holy Spirit. He's in you. You're full on with the Holy Ghost. He wants to use you to be a witness for him and his kingdom. So you should become a powerhouse expected to do exploits for the Lord. So after Peter's message, preaching, 3,000 are born again. What a way to start it off. First message he ever preaches, 3,000 people get saved, get baptized in water, get filled with Holy Spirit now. Acts chapter 3, though. Y'all remember that story? Peter and John go to the temple they heal a lame man who had been there approximately 40 years or lame from birth. So however long he was placed there, he was placed there. While the crowd was astounded and amazed, Peter uses the opportunity, hear me when I say it again, strategically placed Signs and wonders will strategically place you to speak into places you would never have the opportunity to speak. In 
Now we go to Acts chapter 4 where we are. Peter and John are speaking. While they are speaking, they're confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple uh, guard, and, and some of the Sadducees. These are the religious people. These are the people that knew the word. And, and I, I'm going to interject this right here at this point. This is not the best place for a chapter division. Because the reality is Acts 4 is just more of Acts 3. And you, you guys do know that they were not originally written with chapters or verses. It was just letters. And I don't think this is a good place for a chapter change unless you're just trying to shorten things up and make it easier for us. But. Now, the Jews were under Roman occupation at this time, but they had complete rule over what went on in the temple. In other words, you remember from the life of Jesus, you, you know, they could arrest Jesus in the temple, but they couldn't take his life. You, you realize that, right? They had to be turned over to Rome. It had to be Pilate involved. He had to get involved. The, the chief priest, Caiaphas, they couldn't take Jesus' life. They had to have Rome involved to take Jesus' life. And so, but they had rulership over what went on in the temple. So Peter and John are standing there preaching about the resurrection, and they had a problem with that. They were refuting, you see, one of the Sadducees' fundamental uh, doctrines. There is no room for resurrection. They did not believe in any kind of resurrection. Not then, now, later, no resurrection. When you're done, you're done. So, that, so having said all of that, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll not only stir up and make the devil mad, he'll use the religious crowd to chase you down and make a mess of things. They weren't troubled with the miracle of healing. It was the teaching regarding Jesus and the resurrection that gave them a problem. Because if Jesus was resurrected, then what they were preaching was real. And it, it, was, it was bad. They, the temple guard, the Sadducees, they were having a bad day. Because alongside of Peter and John is a miracle. And all of the Sadducees, the reason they were sad, you see, is because Peter and John healed that man. And what are you going to tell them? What are you going to tell all the people? I, I know, well, you know, we still don't believe in the resurrection. But Peter has another word for them. And so I want you to understand something. Despite the devil's attempts to stop them, People got saved and the work was done. Strategically placed. Nothing could stop them from accomplishing what Holy Spirit wanted them to accomplish because they needed to get this message out. You need to get the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ outside of the four walls here. So the church now numbers 
The Bible number was 5,000. That was just men. So where the husband went, the wife and the children follow. It's a different age. I know now, and it may be hard for you to comprehend, but sorry, ladies. Back then, you were just... You were property. I'm sorry. You were property. And so if the husband said, we're going to church, you went to church. How many of you know there are costs to sharing the gospel message? You're not going to get out of this without paying some cost. alluding to the game of chess, and this is wasted on some of you who have no idea what, how to play chess, but let me just say that the pawns are pawns, and that name implies they can be used for whatever. You sacrifice a pawn so that you can get something else accomplished. You may position a pawn so that the other player takes your pawn, but that puts a better player that you can now take out of the game. There are costs involved in sharing the gospel. Please understand, you're not going to be loved by everyone when you believe the Bible and espouse its truths. I'm going to repeat that because I want to be sure that you all understand it. You are not going to be, when you believe the Bible and espouse its truths, You'll not be loved by everyone. The reason I want you to catch that is because I want you to get past this weak need Christianity that has to be that everybody loves you and thinks you're fantastic. They crucified Jesus. How are you going to get away with no stains, no marks, no pain, or dislike? We live in a world that wants you to believe in and that they have an ideal that lets everyone do their own thing and welcomes various belief systems, etc. But there's an inherent problem in that philosophy because eventually a crazy is going to step up. Somebody that's not got it all together. And, and we're supposed to accept that that's what they believe and how they feel and it's supposed to be okay. No, eventually it can't be both and. At some point it's either or. And so there are some issues you're going to face as a Bible-believing Christian that everybody's not going to come on board with. We run that video and it's cute and beautiful with beautiful babies up there in front of you and they're, you're cooing and awing over them. But there are plenty of people that think that it's their right and you have no right to take it away from them. And yet, we're supposed to take a jab in the arm because they say so. And I'm not against, I don't care you got the vaccine or don't have the vaccine. 
I'm, I'm simply saying that you can't have it both and. See? You can't tell me I have to take a jab in the arm and yet you're free to choose to take the life of a child. How does that make sense? And that's what I mean when I say it's, it's the crazies. You can't have it both ways. And please, I'm not condemning any of you ladies that have gone through and had abortions or that. That's not what this message is about. You found forgiveness in Christ Jesus. He loves you. I love you. We're with you. Live under the forgiveness that he provides. Enough said. It's, it's both and in this case because you can have grace in the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what your sin or failure is. Here's some eternal truths. In order to get to heaven, in order to make heaven your eternal home, you must know Jesus as your Savior. It's a fundamental biblical truth. You cannot love the devil, love the things he loves, and claim to be a Christian. You can't. It's not both and. It's either or. Either you are a believer, you follow and love Jesus, or not. But don't make the claim that you can have both. Here's another fundamental biblical truth. You don't get to heaven because you're a good person. I can't change that. I, I'm going to show you in the scriptures where it says that because it's in these verses that follow. But this is, see, nothing the devil or people did stopped Peter and John from the mission Jesus gave them. Nothing. Nothing the devil threw at them stopped them. Are you hearing me? You'll see more of that, but this is what I mean when I talk about next level spirit-filled life. This is that. Peter and John are exhibiting it, and I want us to do it. So we have the aftermath. Now let's look at more aftermath. This is from Acts 4. Now we're jumping over to verse 8. So verses 8 through 12, if you're taking your notes, write that in. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said, do you see that? <laughs> We're in Acts 4 now. This is in Acts 2. Do you hear it? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. You see it? I'm not making this stuff up. It's there. It's in the Word. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? <laughs> I'm about to tell you what Peter's on to right now. Let me tell you. No, I'm not going to say it. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. 
For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Fundamental truths. He's making it clear. Yeah, mark these scriptures down, tuck them away, keep them in your arsenal. When somebody brings up some other doctrine, simply say, Jesus is the one referred to. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name. Peter makes clear what happened, but he does so with respect. I'm going to say that to you because I want you to make sure you understand this. Notice he says rulers and elders of our people. You see that? Rulers and elders of our people. He's inclusive. He's referring to them as his ruler and elders, respectfully, and he's inclusive, our people. He's part of that group. What am I telling you? You, you can make your point without starting a fight. You don't have to be belligerent. You don't have to make a jerk out of yourself to lift up Jesus. Listen to me when I say this. When Holy Spirit gives you the opportunity to speak to leadership, don't throw it away with insolence. Don't just be a jerk because you can be a jerk. Because, you, you, you know, use some wisdom. Pour a little honey on it. Make it a little sweeter. You don't have to push people away to draw them into the kingdom. Use some wisdom. When you allow Holy Spirit to take you to the next level, He will open doors that you never imagined. He will. Peter and John are at the next level. They're in the temple with the chief priests, the temple guard, the Sadducees, all of the religious leaders. Now he has an audience with them. That's what a miracle will do. And I want you to hear this. God's desire is to reach all people. Why wouldn't he use the best means possible? You still with me? His desire is to reach all people. What does that mean? Jesus died for the wealthy. He died for the doctors. He died for the lawyers. He died for those who are financially elite. They need Jesus as bad as the poorest person in Allentown living under a bridge. They're just as lost. Start thinking strategically. See, because God has positioned some of you in those places where you can impact them and I will never get the opportunity. 
get full of the Holy Ghost, take it up to the next level, and they'll give you an audience when you're operating on that next level. Don't stay where you are. And so Peter conveys the truth that makes the difference eternally. He makes sure that the message gets across. And, and, and Peter makes the, the gospel message clear to them. Uh, am I being called into question because a crippled man was healed? Well, then let me make it clear who did this. You may want to point your finger at me, but I don't have the power. I gained that power when I got dipped in the Holy Ghost and Jesus said I'd do it, and so here I am. It's Jesus who did that. He didn't allow them to get him off target by distracting him with the wrong message. Yeah, you can spend your time delving into politics and debating your friends and neighbors. No, take them to the miracle-working Jesus. Introduce them to the one who can eternally transform their lives. Oh, I'm not. You know, you, we'll, we'll always, the church has to be connected to politics because politics affects our daily life. And so we can't get around it. And I'm not trying to poo-poo that. You need to be a voting member of this society. You need to. It's not something that you, you just should do. You ought to do it. You ought to be compelled by your relationship with Christ to get involved in the process so you can make an impact in a society that is governed by your choices. But make no mistake, Peter brought them back to the cross to Christ, if you will. I'm sorry, it went too quick. Back to the cross and Christ. There you go. Fill it in quickly. I'm moving on. Aftermath amazement. Now we're in verse 13. Same chapter. We're not leaving this chapter. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Couldn't miss the boldness of Peter and John. And I say it this way, this is next level operation, isn't it? This is exactly what Holy Spirit will do in you. Still with me? This is exactly what Holy Spirit will do in you. Marjorie, don't give up. Strategically placed you, young lady. Don't you look back. You watch what God will do. Stay submitted to Him. He, he's done that though with all of us. All of us have some place we need to be. We've been positioned for. 
Robert, you have no idea what God's going to do with you. You have no idea. But you've been strategically placed. God does. He knows the end from the beginning. He's Alpha and Omega. And so you've been positioned and watch what he does. But stay under the anointing and leadership of Holy Spirit. All of you. All of you. So, note that Peter is not exalting himself or John. Rather, the focus is on Jesus. Always keep the focus on Jesus. Even if there's political meanderings, keep the focus on Jesus. He's the one that saves people. These ordinary men had become extraordinary. Next level stuff, if you will. When, when Peter says, the stone the builders rejected refers to Christ, he's, he's quoting Psalm 118.22. Why is this significant? Because you know what I just read? They took note that these were ordinary men. <laughs> they were ordinary men on the outward appearance, but they're not ordinary anymore, are they, Alicia? No, they're, they're extraordinary now because the Holy Spirit is in them. And, and suddenly, here's Peter, never been to their great scripture schools. They've never studied under Gamaliel like Paul the Apostle did. The, he, Peter didn't attend those schools. He was a fisherman. John was a fisherman. They didn't have time to be sitting up in an education classroom. They were trying to make money so their family could survive. Ordinary men have now suddenly become extraordinary. And here's God. Look at God. Look at God. This is what Psalm 118, do you think that Peter got up that morning and was reading Psalm 118? They didn't have a Bible in their pocket. They didn't have all of that stuff, church. What he had was the Holy Ghost that took him back to a moment when he was sitting in a synagogue and the, the, the priest said, the stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost speaks through Peter and he said, that's Jesus. That's what Jesus can and will do in you. Amen. Holy Spirit will bring Scripture to remembrance when you're, when you're doing His work. But listen, you're out just doing your thing, playing your thing, or so caught up in life that's such a struggle for you that you can barely get by, it ain't happening for you. Just like I can only nurse that, that $100 Walmart special so long. At some point, I mean, I replaced spokes every three or four months. I was putting new spokes on in various places. It, 
something would go out, and I could feel it because I rode the bike so often, I knew what, it was, I knew what was up. I thought, oh, okay, that's not right. Some of you folks that you, you drive a car, listen to me. Let me help you out. I'm going to help your mechanic. When you apply the brakes, if this happens to your steering wheel, you need to go see your mechanic. He needs to do something for you. Or when you're backing up and you hear this noise, there are things on your brake shoes that make that noise and they're telling you, change me, change me, change me. All right, I, here's the, you're just a shot of mechanics just for you, but God will bring to you when you are in the middle of his work. Again, going all the way back to that word earlier, he strategically placed you, he's positioned you to accomplish something that only you can accomplish, that you are right for. All right, so some of you, again, you're not familiar with, with pawns and, 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 and rooks and bishops and stuff from the game of chess. There's a queen, there's a king, but all of them have something to do. They all have a role to play. And the pawn cannot do what the rook can do. But the rook can't do what the bishop can do. They can't. And nobody else can do what the queen can do. She can mess everything up. She can take out anybody. But that's how Holy Spirit will work in you if you'll yield your life to him. He can do what he did with Peter and John in this moment. Think about where they are, church. He gives power to the faint, thereby glorifying himself. God does that, and he'll do that with you. He'll give you what you need at the moment that you need it. But you cannot get it if you're not positioned where he wants you to be doing what he wants you to do. It will not happen. I can sit up here and I can tell you story after story of how God has come through in our lives, but it, you're not going to experience those things until you position yourself. You don't have to be the preacher. Please understand this. But until you yield your life and position yourself in such a way God can use you, it's not going to happen for you. So ordinary men had become extraordinary. But this council recognizes who they are really up against now. They realize Peter says, let me tell you. He, he was honorable. He was respectful. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not on your own. All right. It jumped right ahead of me. I hate when this thing does that. I only pushed it once, but it went twice, bro. Cursed things. So already, you already got a preview. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not on your own. Um, when I was here the first time as an assistant to the pastor, I, uh, about the age of 27, I started working out at a gym over in, uh, it was on Catasauqua Road. Uh, they don't have one there now. It's not where 
that's not what's there. There's stores there, but it's the, this, where the Ollie's is and the Baskin Robbins, Dunkin' Donuts, that, that plaza right there uh, towards the end of Catasauqua before it hits Airport Road. There was a gym in there. And I used to go there two or three days a week. And I started working out, and it, it just so happened that, that, that at the time I went, there was a, a, a big man there. And I, I knew the first time I saw him, first of all, he was just massive. Uh, and, and he was just the kind of guy, and I'm just not built that way to begin with, but he could, he could have set a soda can right here. <laughs> and y'all don't know that you know him, but you know of him. And some of you that have followed wrestling over years, this is... The guy. That's Rocky Johnson there. And he was there. And for some odd reason, he took to me. All right, ladies, watch yourself now. It's a little bit of beefcake here, but just... Neck up. Neck up, ladies. That's all you see there. So for some odd reason, he took to me. And he knew I, who I was after we got to know each other. And, he, and, and what I could tell you, he was the first human I saw that when he could lift enough weights that the bar would bend. It would do that when he lifted them. And um, so he wasn't just, that wasn't all for show. He was the real deal. And, um, but he took to me and he started coaching me and telling me, and obviously it didn't work great, but... Anyway, I wasn't trying to be that anyway, but uh, I'm just being real with you people. You could see. You got eyes. Let me take it. Don't, don't make me pose for you people. So... Anyway, he took to me and started coaching me and this and that. But here's the real point. When I was with him, he, because he had the appreciation for me that he had for me and the honor and respect, he would tell people to watch themselves when they were around me. And he, he would just do that. And when he said, watch your mouth... They watched their mouth. There was no debate. It's not a, there was no questioning on what do we do? No, let me think about that. No, they watched their mouth. They showed me honor because of who he was. And so I was not alone. I had somebody backing me up that made an impact. Now, for those of you, because uh, some of you are dying to know, yes, that's his father. Uh, and so, it, but when I was there, okay, here's, go ahead, take your shot, ladies. This is it. I'm going to give you about another second. Thousand one, boom, gone now. No more beefcake. You have a companion that no matter what you face, no matter 
what situation you get yourself into. If you're in it because he wants you in it, there is nobody that can shut you up. Nobody that will defeat you. Nobody that can make you stop. Romans 8.31 puts it this way, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. But I want you to notice something. These council members took note that those men had been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus enough that people notice you've been with Jesus? <laughs> Thank you for your aim. He spoke for you. For those of you watching online, we had a child say no at this strategic moment. That was God using that kid. Holy Spirit can speak through a donkey. He can speak through a child. So we've been through the aftermath, more aftermath, and now I come down to, there was amazing aftermath too. I want more, Lord. More, Lord. So let's go to the rear end of the chapter now. Mark, excuse me, Acts 4, verses 29 through 31. And now, O oh Lord, write that down because this is important. Hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Now, let me, I got to set it up. Give me just a second. I, I'll keep you here a little longer. I know it's late. But, but I, I've got to make this point for you. There's an in-between, the verses that we've been reading. And so they're all called in, they're called in front of the big council of people. And they tell them to shut up and no longer speak in his name. And, and Peter and John's response is, you tell us whether we are to listen to God or you. As for me, Peter's saying, I think I'm going to go with what God says do versus what you suggest that I do. And they beat them. Send them on the way. So now, Lord, you hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And listen, listen to what happens. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled. Hold on. Before Peter spoke, to the men, didn't it say, and Peter filled with the Holy Spirit? Is not Peter here? 
These are his recorded words, in fact. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That must mean we need more than one dip. In fact, I think it means you need to continuously get yourself dipped into the Holy Ghost on a regular basis so that you have something that can come out, be poured out of you, that boldness be restored. And then, then, say then, church, they preach the Word of God with boldness. much more bold do they need to be? And what does this say to you? I'll tell you what it says. I'll tell you what you missed. This is from the Holy Ghost. What you missed is, then they. They are not Peter and John. Because Peter and John weren't the only ones there. They preached the word of God with boldness. They were all now filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, this building starts shaking. You know something's up, won't you? And they were all shaken. And all moved. All became bold witnesses for Jesus. So he, Holy Spirit, is ready for you to go to the next level. He's ready. Are you ready? He wants to take you there. Do you want to go there? Sounds like an old R&B song. I'll take you there. Okay. This is the rest of the story where you see them praying, give us more boldness. That's the rest of the story. Are you ready to go to the next level? Because they're praying. How? Again, they're praying, give us more boldness. They'd just been in front of a bunch of people, had them in jail overnight, been beaten, and told, don't speak in his name anymore. Oh, sorry about your luck, guys. We're going to keep speaking in his name. Beat me if you will. Whatever my position is, I'm under the banner of the cross of Christ Jesus, and whatever Holy Spirit takes me through, I'm going to go through, but I'm going to do it with His power and anointing because He'll never leave my side. And just like me standing in that gym, I always had that big beefcake brother right there beside me, and it didn't matter what anybody else thought. I could be, I could be a hot shot. What you looking at? I could do that if I wanted to do that because of who I had with me. Do you know who you got with you? There ain't nothing you could face he can't get you through. Doesn't this inspire you to go to the next level? I wonder if there's anybody out here today that's tired where you are. And I say, let's go all in. Let's go all in. Let's take the word at the word because it's his word, not my word. But let's take it at, at the word and let's be willing to go all in because he's got more. I hope you've developed a hunger for more during this prayer, uh, time of prayer and fasting that we've been in for 21 days. I'm not talking about a hunger for food, though. I, I, I'm talking about a hunger for the Lord. 
in the things of God. I want more, Lord. I want more. I'm happy for all that you've done for me, Jesus. I mean it. I mean it. I'm blessed beyond measure. I cannot... My goodness, even this last week, Pastor Amy and I blessed on a whole new level. And I, and I thought, I can't thank him enough. I'm glad for what he's done, though. But I want more. I want more in him. I want to be able to do more for him. I hope, I'm sorry, you're not satisfied with where you are. I hope you're not satisfied with where you are. Stand to your feet with me. First things first. Because I can't possibly know all of you. I don't know your story. I don't know who you are and where you've been and what your life is like. But if you're here right now, all of you would just close your eyes and bow your head for You're here now in this service and you realize you are not in a right relationship with Jesus. If perchance he were to split the skies and rapture his church and you have even the slightest question mark on whether or not you would go and you want to remove that. I wonder if you'd lift your hand right where you're at say, I, I, I want to get things right with Jesus today. Come on, nobody looking around. Just eyes closed and you'd say, I need to get things right with the Lord today. I want to know without any shadow of doubt that if God forbid I were to get in an accident and die today, I'm not sure if I'd make it to heaven or not. That's you. Lift your hand right where you're at. God bless you. And so in, in, in honor of first things first, I'm going to do this. And I, I, I want everybody to look at me now. If you raised your hands and you meant business, and you're, you're tired of wondering, and you want to remove the question mark, would you be bold enough to leave your pew and come down to this altar? You've raised your hand. Willing to come. Maybe you didn't raise your hands, but you know you need to to get things right with the Lord. Come on, push past somebody. You're in the middle of a pew wherever you're at, but you want to get things right with the Lord today. Come on, you mean business. I saw two hands and I'm waiting. I want to give you an opportunity. Come on. Come on. There's more. sitting there right now thinking, well, he's an old guy. He needs to be right with the Lord. Listen, nobody knows the time. There are others. Come on, stop sitting there. Listen, when are you going to change? When are you going to make the difference? Today's the perfect day to say, I want to get it right with the Lord and I want to walk out of here with my shoulders squared back knowing that I'm in a right relationship with Christ. I'll give you a moment longer.
opportunity. I don't care if you've been in the church a hundred times, this church or any church, don't miss your chance. Don't walk out of here wondering. Walk out of here knowing. that question Lord. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks the only one you care about right now or should be concerned about is what does Jesus think you don't answer to me you will answer to him those of you who are up front right now pray this prayer with me you say it from your heart say it out loud and I know he'll hear you Lord Jesus I admit I'm a sinner. I need you. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for me. And so right now, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord and that you rose from the grave. This moment, I use. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may forever do your work, your way. Amen. God bless you guys. Would you wait just a moment? Would you just follow Evangelist Nick, right? He'll take you through those doors over there. Would you mind going with him? He's right there. You're good, God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Now listen, that's all well and good for them. Thank God. But y'all know you're not done, don't you? If you want more, you mean business with God. Now it's on you. The altar is open. Come down and express that truth with your feet. Lord, I want more. I'm ready for the next level. It's time to spec step up to a next level bicycle, a, a, a next level relationship with God, a, a, a fresh refill with the Holy Spirit saying, I want more. I'm not satisfied. Oh, you may be good. You, you've spent 21 days praying and fasting, but do you want more? How many people you raised from the dead lately? Because I want to go to that level. I, I want to be, I'm not satisfied till I get all the way where Jesus wants me to go. Now, I can't take you to this place. You have to choose it. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. 
If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.